we will uh, jump into this tonight. I um, some of the messages that I give you come coming in unique ways. And this particular one, um, I titled it "What Path Are You On?" And, and it, it, it actually happened one morning as I was headed to work, and uh, I, I decided to take the back roads from my house. So I'm on the dirt roads, you know, I'm in my pickup, and it's gravel, you know, Oklahoma red dirt gravel, and it's crunchy. It's not like you're quiet. I'm in my, I'm in my pickup, right? Around this corner and walking down the road is a little four corn buck. Just walking straight away from it, right down the center of this dirt road. And I pull in behind him, you know, and, and he's walking down the road and I'm driving behind him. I'm like, what is this dude doing? And I have to, sometimes I get a little bit, you know, cartoonish when I see things like this because it cracks me up. I mean, you have to wonder, what's going on in this dude's mind? Because he kind of takes a little shot back like, eh, there's a truck behind me. He's walking along, I'm, I, and I'm maybe, maybe from here to walk, I mean, I'm not like real close, so close enough he shouldn't be in front of me now. And I've had to slow down because he's just walking. I mean, he's just walking along. And he looks back again and kind of does a double take. And, and then in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, surely he's thinking, well, what's this guy doing? He's chasing me. Well, yeah, you're on the road. This is my road. You shouldn't be here. So he, he, he speeds up a little bit, but he stays in the center of the road. Walk a little faster, kind of checks back on me. I'm still like So he gets to going, he's almost to a trot, but he's still in the middle of the daggum road, and I'm still right behind him. And he, he takes this one last look, and, and you have to just realize he goes, This guy's, this guy's following him. And so he, he makes a couple of sudden little moves, like I don't know really what to do, and then he darts off the road, jumps the fence, he's off in the briars where he belonged. Like I was kind of funny, you know, and again, it's humorous. So I'm seeing the humorous side of it, and then they see, you know, God's pouring something into me again. So I, I had to take what he gave me. See, this, this deer wasn't created or designed to walk down a road. Right? I mean, that's not where they belong. We, we actually see the evidence of what happens when deer wind up on the road. We saw a lot of that evidence coming down here this week. There's a lot of them scattered up and down the road. So these deer, they don't wind up. It's dangerous for a deer to be on the road. Uh, matter of fact, Two years, was it two years ago I left uh, a hailstorm we just finished in Jasper, Missouri, and I was four miles from my house and six thousand dollars of damage in my pickup with a deer who was on the road that should have been there. So um, you know they don't belong there and it's dangerous. Many deer, you know, that have chosen to cross that path are no longer with us. But God designed that deer for the thin trails. He, he designed that deer for the holes through the briars and the thickets. And you know, most of you deer hunt, I mean, I've been thinking here, most of you have been out and you realize when you're in the woods and you're looking for those trails, you see those little thin little holes. I mean, deer are not nearly as big as we think they are. And, and it's a wonder that, you know, they can get through some of the places that they get through in those briar thickets and things. And they can crawl through some of the smallest holes and, you know, we can't crawl after them very good. But they're designed for that, that small path. God has a path that he intended that deer to walk. He created that deer to be in the wilderness to be in the woods, to be on those thin trails, those, those ghost trails, if you will. And, it, and it's obviously safer than when they're on that wide open road. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Yeah, that's kind of a... That's kind of one of those pieces of scripture that really make you think. 
You know, what, what, what is God really saying to me right here? You know, what, what, what does he mean by the, the, we need to enter by the, the narrow gate because wide is the gate that leads to destruction. What he's telling us is the wide open paths that a lot of us choose to take are really not what he intended for us. You know, he, just like that deer, he intended us to take the narrow road, to take the, the thin trail through the woods. Sometimes the path through the wilderness is a little difficult. I shared a little bit about this on, on my podcast this earlier before we came down here. Um, I actually preached a message called Journey Through the Wilderness, and it was just that. It's, you know, sometimes the path in the wilderness is hard to find. It's hard to see. And, and more than that, it's difficult at times. And, and it, life, through the, life through those small, difficult paths really never gets easier, but it almost seems like it will because as we traverse those difficult paths, usually we get stronger and we get wiser and we learn to see things better. And, and so... Even though the path doesn't necessarily get easier, it, it, it is easier for us to follow because we're, we're stronger and in our nature. That wide path, I mean, when you think about the easy path in life, usually doesn't lead to much. But if you take the easy road, it's probably not going to benefit you a whole lot in life. You're going to have to struggle or fight for what you're after. You, you know, I, I saw a guy post something earlier today on Facebook that was quite funny. Cow's milk is not free. Why would somebody write that? But think about it. I mean, you can put a bucket under a cow and you can watch all you want to. That milk ain't coming out unless you do something about it. You're going to have to put effort in before that cow gives up its milk. It's actually, I, I think I, what I commented on is it was an earned sacrifice. You know, in other words, that cow gave it up. But, but there was an effort that took place for it to happen. And that's what it is with us in life. That, that easy road is not going to benefit. It's not going to pay the dividends that we want. You see, like that deer, God has created each of us for a purpose. And, and we each have a path that he desires us to follow. Obviously, the story, that deer and the scripture that we read, uh, he doesn't force us to follow a particular path. He does give us uh, our own option and our own choice. He had already set you apart. He already had, had a path designed for you when he created you. But what happened? I, I refer this to my own life. I mean, I, you know, I, I get to preach this stuff all the time, and I think, okay, God had a plan for my life, and, and he had a path that he designed for me to walk, but I didn't do that. You know, I, I was that rebel kid. I, I mean, my mom and dad... You know, they, my dad was a deacon. My mom was a church secretary. I, I grew up in church. I tell people all the time I had a drug problem. I got drugged to church every time I go for it. I didn't have an option growing up. My parents made me go to church. But when I became old enough to make my own decisions, I stopped following that. You know, I started living my life my way. I found that easier path. You know, the problem is I didn't realize that the easier path was leading to my destruction. And, and I got my family away from those things as well. I got my family involved in everything I could to keep us busy on the weekends so we'd have time to go to church. You know, it was easy. You know, and the reason it was easier is because I wasn't being convicted by anything. I knew my life wasn't where it belonged, but yet I was still doing the things that I wanted to do, and I chose my own path, and it was the easier route. The, the problem was is it, it, it caught me. It caught me early in my in my marriage and in, in my kids' lives. Uh, my kids were very young, um, young elementary age, 
when I made a decision that I wasn't happy with life anymore and I decided I didn't want to be here anymore. I chose an easy way out. I, at least that was my thought. But I'll just check out because I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to fight this fight anymore. I'm tired of this mess that my life seemed to be in, which really wasn't. It was just a lie that I bought into. Without going into that detail, I obviously did not pull the trigger that night. But I did, however, pull the trigger on something else. I wound up in a church setting that night. Um, it wasn't just a matter of going to church and life was going to be better. Matter of fact, the night, it was a Wednesday night when this happened. And, and when, we, when we walked into that church, we learned that the pastor wasn't even there. They were having a kids crusade of all things. And I, and I thought, you know, every excuse I, I could have had to walk away at that very moment and just go back to fighting my life. I couldn't do that. I, I knew that something had to change in me that night. And I, I told this young couple that was there, the children's minister, uh, that was doing this event, I'm like, we'll sit through it. I got, you know, I'm not leaving here until I get what I came for. But to me, it was a life or death moment. I had to make a decision. I had to decide which way am I going to go here. And so when they got through their little kids' crusade, we met this couple, and, and, and they prayed with me, and, and it began a journey seeking out that path that God had intended me to walk to begin with. It was not easy. Um, it was not something that, that just happened overnight. It did, there were, there were um, weeks went by where I would sit and listen to sermons with these pastors. I'm not even sure what they said at the time. All I was looking at was that altar. Because I knew as soon as he was done talking, I was going down there to talk to God some more. Because my life was still a wreck. My life still needed change. I still couldn't find this path that he talked about. I still couldn't find where he needed me to be. And it, and it took a long time of, of just me crying out to God saying, hey man, I'm, I'm a wreck. I can't do this on my own. I don't know what to do here. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to lead me here. Because I don't know how to do this. And through all of that, no, no, matter, no matter where we wind up in life, no matter what path that we've chosen to walk, that path that God created for us is still there. It doesn't go away. It might grow over a little bit, <laughs> or it makes it a little bit harder to find now, but it's still there. The path He created for each of you, even though you may have never even thought of this, never thought of a path being created for you, is there still waiting for you to make the decision to turn towards it. Just like this deer, when, when he figured out that maybe he wasn't where he should be, maybe he wasn't in the right path, and maybe where he wasn't where he belonged, that he actually scrambled, and he found his path into the woods. And, and, it, and it was where he was meant to be. It was into the safety. It was into the place where he was intended to be. You know, he was hidden as soon as he hit the woods. I couldn't see him anymore. You know, just like that coil today, hiding behind that log, you know? Even though Luke's laying on his nose with his camera looking at him, he thought he was well hit from that dog who was on the other side of that log looking at him, you know? So that, that, that thought of we're in where we need to be or we're hiding, many of us are doing just that. We're hiding from what truth really is in our life. And, and when we find that place that says enough's enough, I, I've got to look for this path because I know that without this decision, my life is over. You can scramble as well, just like the deer, and you can find this path. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 through 14 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, 
to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. You know, something that was, we talked about earlier today, um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the prodigal son. I love that story. And, and for those of you that might not be familiar with it, it's, it's the story of a rich kid. This kid had it made. His dad's got this big spread. Maybe it's a big ranch, you know, cattle on a thousand hills. They've got everything in the world. All this kid's got to do is grow up there doing his job, just being part of that family. And, and, and at some point, his inheritance is coming. But he's not satisfied with that. He, he keeps looking at the grass that's greener on the other side of the fence. He keeps seeing all those buddies that are chasing more fun things than he is. He's got to do all these chores. Man, these guys don't have chores. They're living their life free, you know? I want to be free. So he goes to his dad and he says, Dad, here's the deal. I want out. Just cash me out now. Whatever it is that you plan to give me when, when I reach a certain age or whatever, just go ahead and cash me out now, and, and, and I'm going to take my life to another level. I'm, I'm going to do it on my own. The dad reluctantly did just that. For the most part, we know how this story's going to end, right? I mean, this kid goes out. Hey, man, I got money now. Everybody likes him. Now he's party central, you know? And he's party central to the money runs up. And then his buddies leave, and they're all gone. Now he's all alone again. And now he's destitute, and he's broke, and he's squandered his inheritance. He doesn't have anything left. He winds up slopping hogs. And literally the Bible talks about this. He's at a hog farm slopping pigs, and he winds up eating the very thing he's giving these pigs just to survive. And somewhere in the midst of this mess that he's found himself in, he thinks, you know what? My dad's servants live better than this. I'll just go back, eat a little crow, tell my dad I was wrong, take the I told you so's, and, and, I, and I just beg to be just, just a servant. You know, I've already squandered my inheritance, I don't have any future, but, but at least I'll have a, a warm place to be and I'll get fed and I'll be taken care of, and I'll have a job. So he, he gathers himself together and, and starts making his way home. And something that's really cool to me about this story, and, and I picture one of those Texas ranches. You know, it's got the big gateway, and, and you can't see the house. You know, this huge entrance, this beautiful entrance, and there's nothing but you know, sagebrush and mesquite, for as far as you can see. I mean, and this long driveway, you know? And I, I picture that's what happens when this kid decides, I'm going home. He, he makes his way down to the lane leading to the house. And just makes up his mind, I'm just going ahead. I'm going back down this path. I'm just going to take whatever's coming. And here he goes. What the Bible describes is his dad sees him coming from afar, from a distance. Well, it tells me a couple of things right there that, that I think is really cool. One, it tells me Dad's been looking. He's been watching, just waiting. And, you know, most of us think, yeah, I bet he was waiting, waiting for that don't you so business, you know. You knew better than this crap. Now, now what are you going to do? I mean, that's, that's all right. I mean, that's what we all think is going to happen. That's what I'm going to think is going to happen if I did that to my own family. Well, his dad sees him coming from a distance. And the Bible describes that his dad takes off running to meet him. 
And he yells back at the servants, hey man, go get that fat calf we've been feeding out. We're fixing to have a party. Because the son who was dead is now home. He's alive. See, he had written him off as dead and gone. And the Bible literally states that he said, my son who was dead is now alive. He's been written out of the sand. But when dad sees him coming down that lane, he runs to meet him. The Bible describes that he takes his own coat off. And, and when you think of the time frame that this is being written, that, that cloak, that, that was family recognition. You know, anyone who saw that dad in that coat knew, oh, that's so-and-so. You know, we know that guy. He's the one that's got the big ranch to live. He takes his own coat and he wraps it around his son. He takes a ring, the signet ring, the, the, the ring that has the family insignia on it, and he places it on his son's hand. And he welcomes him home. It wasn't all I told you so. It wasn't all you idiot. It wasn't all what have you done. It was welcome home. Come on, we'll fix that party for you coming back. Dad made his old brother mad, if you read the rest of the story. The little brother didn't quite get that. What do you mean? Bloody come back in here and live like this. You know, he squandered all his stuff. And there's, there's a whole other service involved in that. But think about that. Where are you in your life today? See, God says, I have a plan for you. I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. I have a plan to bring you a hope in the future. I didn't choose that. I do this on my own. I've learned I couldn't. You know, I, I was well into adulthood when this slapped me upside the head. It, it could have very well cost my, my, my family and me. It could have cost my whole family my life because of my stupidity, my choice, my ignorance, my bullheadedness, my selfishness, whatever you want to label it. But God said, man, that's not the plan I had for you. And in that depiction, when, when I turned that night, and I began to walk that path. My father came to meet me. My heavenly father came to meet me. And it was a welcome home. This is where you belong. This is where you belong. You're mine. Nowhere else. God has a path that he designed just for you. It's not this wide, easy highway that we desire. His path is narrow. Sometimes it's difficult. There'll be times that that you'll have to trust him and follow his voice because you can't see that path. But when we choose to follow him, when we walk his path, he promises to be with us and never leave us alone. He promises to never forsake us, to never leave us out there by ourselves. You know, I've had times in my life when I thought, God, I don't know where you are today. I can't feel you. I can't see you. I can't seem to hear you. But I know because of what he's done in my life in the past, that I have to trust him. That when I cry out, he hears my cry. He might not answer it the way I want him to, but he will eventually show in my life. I just have to trust him and keep pushing forward. I keep pressing on. I, I you know, make that comment all the time, I can't go back. The only thing behind me is still death. There, there's nothing left behind me that's worth turning around. Nothing in my life. Everything I have is ahead of me because that's his plan. He is what my focus is on now. The only way to get true peace, the only way to find true joy and happiness is in Christ. John 14, 6, one of my favorite scriptures. I've used it a lot even this weekend. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by me. The simplicity of that is, it's all through relationship. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ that secures my future. Without it, I have no security. Without the relationship with him, I don't have any peace. This world's not going to give it to me. There might be some temporary things that we'll find, but nothing eternal. Nothing that's going to last. Nothing that's going to carry us through the difficult times. And all he's asking of you today, what path are you on? Are you on the path that I chose for you? Or are you still doing this your way? The word that comes to play, and again, it's a word we use a lot, that is, especially when, when, when we're here dealing with veterans, is a word that you're not, um, you don't have any vocabulary to surrender. But that's what is required in order to be with him, is surrender. We must surrender our life to Christ completely. We, we talked earlier about picking up our cross. You know, it's not about grabbing a chunk of lumber and carrying it around. That's not what that means. When Jesus said, you want to be one of my followers, you pick up your cross and follow me. What he was literally saying to us is that cross has one meaning in its, in its origin. And that's one of the most brutal forms of death ever known to mankind. Now, I don't know if you ever studied or looked into what crucifixion actually meant. Some of you may know things about crucifixion. Most of the time they broke someone's legs in, in order to get them to die. And the reason being is because the way they hung you on a cross, you could inhale air, but you couldn't exhale. Your diaphragm would not work correctly. So you would have to push yourself or pull yourself up on those spikes in order to breathe. We all going to be able to do that for a certain amount of time in such pain. If you lasted too long, a soldier would come by with a club and he would break your legs so you could no longer push yourself up and you would suffocate and die. That was crucifixion. And what, and what Jesus tells us by picking up our cross and following him is that we are to die that brutal death to me, to my selfishness, to my way of doing things and follow him. Simple but not easy. But that's what he's called each one It's not something I take lightly. I haven't arrived anywhere. I still live in the same world you do. I still fight the same struggles. I, I still fight the battles in my mind. I still fight battles in my heart. I, you know, I do not even know this, but uh, I got ready to leave to go to Adam's house on Wednesday, and I'm out there beside my truck about to throw up because of the anxiety. Why am I nervous about going to Adam's house or coming here? That's kind of stupid. It makes me mad. It makes me really angry. But it's because I'm worried about whether I got everything I need. Did I pack everything I needed? Did I, did I, did I get this? Did I get that? Am I going to have what I need when I get there? All of that crap comes crashing in. It's stupid. It happens when I go to my dadgum deer stand. That's the time I'm out there gagging beside my truck. And my anxiety's tore me up because I... I'm going hunting. It should be something I'm excited about, but no. So I, I fight these battles. You know, I'm not immune to anything. You know, we all are going to fight till the day we are we overcome this world, and that's through Him, through Jesus. It's a matter of what you're willing to do. 
Are you willing to look for the path that he created you for? And we'll have a couple more sessions before we're out of here. If this is you guys are going to go home Sunday, I guess. Yes, sir. So tomorrow night, I, I'd already planned to do a duck call Sunday. That's one of my favorites. And um, But I, I just want you to think about the messages that you hear. Don't don't just let this stuff roll off. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do an altar call tonight. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, stand up. Nothing like that. Because it, it, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't put any notches in my Bible. I don't, I don't count heads of who raised their hands at my services. Because it's in between you and me. It's between you and him. You won't answer to me that day when you get up younger. You're going to answer to him. Who are you? And, and, and when they open that book, if, if they're not finding your name written, that one is with a lie. The words that will come from the master is, sorry, I never knew you. Depart from me. I tell people all the time, man, we're all going to heaven. Everybody's like, oh, sweet. I say, yeah, but we ain't all staying. And we're going to face the judgment time. And, and he's, he's, for those whose name is in that book, he's going to say, welcome into my rest. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Man, what words I want to hear. That I have done something enough that he welcomes me into his rest. But I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to share it. And I thank you for the goofy ways you give it to me sometimes. But God, tonight I just ask that you open the hearts of everyone in this room. How do you know us? You know who we are. You know where we stand. You know what path we're on. Which one we've chosen. And that one which we've avoided. God, tonight, I just pray that the, that the word that was spoken here will penetrate even the hardest of heart, that they realize that all you want is to be in a relationship with them. Personal love. You just want to love us. And God, you require our love back. So tonight, I just ask you to, to speak to each one of these guys in, in their own way, their own language. And God, that your Holy Spirit would just draw them towards you. And if there's anyone here tonight who chooses to turn their life over, to truly surrender to you, God, I pray that you just wrap them up in your arms and show them just exactly how much you love them, how much you care for them. God, tonight I came to you in desperation. You didn't turn me away. You hugged me close. It didn't matter about my past. It didn't matter about the things I had said, the things I had done. You simply forgave me and you washed me clean and you gave me a new slate and a new life. And God, I thank you for continually helping me get back up when I fall. And Father, tonight I just ask you to do just that with each one of these guys. Just show them that hand reached out to them. And all they've got to do is reach back. And God, as we carry on with this weekend, that you just continue to bless us, pour your spirit out over us, Continue to let the, the fun stories and the times roll. God, we need these things. We need your spirit, but we need this joy and this peace to come to our lives. Father, I thank you for each one of them that are here. And I thank you for your spirit and your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.